live from Melbourne's Bella Union, it's Child Proof. An unproduced TV sitcom rescued from the bottom drawer and repurposed as a free audio podcast. Episode 3, A Long Weekend. Ian and Jennifer are standing at the front door of a large house in a leafy Melbourne suburb. Just don't say anything to set him off. Me? How long do you think it'll take him to mention us not having kids? Jennifer produces a package. Hey, I've got the book. (laughs) You're very naive if you think. The door is wrenched open by Henry Carriage, Ian's father. Dad? Jennifer. I've got some good news. You're pregnant. No. Two seconds. (laughs) Henry's dining room. The walls are festooned with antique firearms. Henry carves a roast. You know, for a moment, I I thought you were going to make me proud. You know I could never do that, Dad. Oh, well. And you do realise I'm 52? Shooting blanks, are you? Please, don't look at Jennifer when you say things like that. And no, incidentally. So, it's not too late. Sadly, no. Can we change the subject? How many people did you send away this week? Well, if you must know, one murderer, three rapists and 15 people who'd illegally downloaded Game of Thrones. Actually, one of the rapists had as well, so 16, technically. So, illegally downloading is illegal now? You know, he studied law. Christ knows why. I only enrolled so I could work at the uni radio station. I paid all that money so he could become... What is it you do? You know what I do. A job that your own TV commercial claims is performed by a monkey. Yeah. That is a joke. It certainly is. Five years of law school. For what? You haven't heard about the Rock FM music jury? And what is that? Twelve angry men and a Dire Straits album? Wow, you've heard of Dire Straits. When you turned 50, did it ever occur to you to maybe grow the fuck up? Um, Henry, I brought you this book. Oh. It's one of our titles for Anzac Day. It's a massive hardcover book called Edward Weary Dunlop, April to May 1939. Oh. Thank you, Jennifer. I've just finished February to March. And, uh, what are you two doing for Anzac Day? Oh, um... Uh, actually, all the network's content directors are going on a team-building walk up the Kokoda Trail. How utterly offensive. Look, it's not my idea. I don't think our diggers were fighting for better music variety. And tell me, when do you leave on this repulsive sortie? Sunday over. Good. Then you can join me at the dawn service. Well... No excuses. Jennifer's coming. She can't wait. Ian and Jennifer are driving home. I am not getting up for any dawn service. Maybe they do a later session. I just... (laughs) I just proofread a 500,000-word account of the strategic bombing of Balakpapan. I've done my bit. Hey, don't let him ruin the weekend. We've still got a nice dinner ahead with Wayne and Shell. Without their kids. Wayne? Her brother Wayne is calling from his backyard. Two of his kids, Justin 9 and Jet 5, are fighting noisily. Oh, hey, uh, you mind if we eat at our place tonight? We're having trouble getting a babysitter. Hello? Oi, Justin, let your brother hit you for a while. Uh, Jan, are you there? Back in the car, Jennifer's passenger side airbag has exploded, pinning her to the back of her seat. If you hit the dashboard hard enough, that will happen. Can you switch my phone off? I'm on low battery. 
dinner at Jennifer's brother Wayne's house. Wayne slides a glass door shut, leaving Justin and Jet outside fighting each other with Nerf bats. Shouldn't they be in bed? Yeah, trying to run the batteries down. How's that one? His wife Shelly is nursing a baby. Ugh, I've switched it off. Piece of piss. Off for you, baby. Oh, whoops. Trouble in paradise. Which brings us to the business. There's business? For the last six weeks, Wade and I have been seeing a therapist. Um, well, wait, how would you describe her? Expensive. Uh, a marriage therapist. 120 bucks an hour. And worth it, you'd have to agree. Well... She's bringing us closer together, Wade. What more do you want? Uh, a happy ending? Oh, don't say it! Sorry, are you two having marital... Oh, just a little bit. It's the kids, isn't it? Well... This one, mainly. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm doing what I'm told. I'm winding the clock back. We're meant to wind it back to when we first met, not to when you were ten. When we first met at Chase's, I... <laughs> I was shit-faced. So, mission accomplished. This therapy sounds great. Yeah, tell them the good bit. Shelley hands Jennifer a brochure for a health resort. On the cover is a smiling couple, their faces painted like cats. She's sending us here for the long weekend. The golden poor. Wade and I will be accessing our cat selves in an atmosphere of wellness and discovery. So you two were cats when you first met? <laughs> Look, I don't really understand the cat part. All I know is it's going to involve heaps of rooting. Wait! Seconded? There's yoga and hiking. Hiking? No phones, no booze. Wait, have we signed off on this? And yes, no kids for three whole nights. So who's going to mind Oh, the... no, 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 no. Yeah, mate. No, no. Nah, who else can we trust? It's got to be family. No, no. W what about your parents? Nah, they're still on that cruise with Kerry Ann Kennelly. <laughs> Week four now. Isn't there anything Amnesty can do? <laughs> so... So this would be next weekend? Uh, whoa, whoa, hang on. Right through Anzac Day. What are those words coming out of your mouth? For three days. As Wayne says, it's a piece of piss. Which it isn't. So I fully understand if it's beyond you. Because we're still sitting at the children's table ourselves. What? Not ready to join the grown-ups. No, that's not what I... We're doing it! Moments later, Ian and Jennifer's car is parked outside. Ian's airbag has exploded, pinning him to the back of his seat. What were you thinking? Hey, we can't go to the dawn service with a baby. Yeah, but that still leaves us with a baby. And this surely gets you out of the Kokoda Trail. Plus... How impressed is your dad going to be? The family man. Why do I want to impress him? Don't make me mention the will. Fair enough. But a baby? I think it mostly just sleeps. I've never seen it awake. And the other two? Um... Oh, you don't even know their names. Of course I don't. This is our chance to show everyone we could do this if we wanted to. And save their marriage. Of course, obviously that. The next morning, Ian is in his office at Rock FM with his assistant Beck. Three secretaries hover at the doorway, listening. <laughs> oh, please tell me one of you is going to be filming this. Why does everyone think this is going to be a disaster? Three days? What are you going to do with them? Well, we've got the internet, that's all they need, isn't it? Where are you going to take them? Places. We do occasionally leave the house. Maybe a winery? No. We'll take them to, you know, where they have a big perspex box and you work a crane and... 
pick up a watch. Everyone is unimpressed. Oh, surely there's another Lego movie by now. And one of them's a baby? Yeah, look, here's a picture. Ian shows a baby photo. All the secretaries swarm around it. Yeah, okay, okay, you can have another look at it later. Hang on. So Leo wants to see me in the basement. Ian steps out of the lift and sees a huge stretch limo. Sir Leo from Rock FM's board is sitting in the back. What's this? Well, my granddaughter had it for her 21st. I thought I'd give it a spin. How did you get it down here? Let's just say sparks flew. So, what's going on? Some of us on the board are very nervous about Gary Sturgis's plans for Anzac Day. You mean Rock Australia Day? Exactly. As you know, I, I can't interfere in programming, but if you could just try to nudge him away from anything too tasteless. Like what? Like that. A traditional Rock FM Black Thunder, painted in military camouflage with a Rock Australia Day logo and the slogan, Lest We Forget to Rock. I'm pretty sure I said no to the khaki thunder. At Bell Tower Books, assorted staff, including Jennifer, Tarquin, Caitlin, John, and Brittany, sit around the boardroom table. I want to hear the kinds of ideas that'll make Bell Tower one, two, three, four, and five on the bestseller list. When I published Shelby Writes My Anzac Mate, it was number one on the non-fiction list. Then it was number one on the fiction list when everyone realised it was bullshit. Yeah, 1988 was your year, Tarquin. But while we're talking Anzac, I'm bloody proud of the list this year. She'll be Apple's Cobber, Bradman in the War, 1940 to 41, Drongos, how the Aussies fought the Poms and won both world wars, not just the cricket. And for Chicklet, we've got the Chocolate Anzac Biscuit Lovers Society. And I'm not forgetting, put the billy on or how to eat like an Anzac. How are we going with Glass and Bottlers, My Dad the Digger? Oh, uh, that is now for Father's Day. The author's having to take it slowly. He is 96. All the more reason for him to have to take it quickly. But the good news is how much better the Chocolate Anzac Biscuit Lover Society is than the Golden Syrup Sisterhood. Can I just say something, though? My book club's gone nuts for that time with the Golden Syrup Sisterhood where you get free biscuits. I like the sound of that, Brittany. Yes, good work, Brittany. Much eye-rolling from female staff. Let's see if we can get something going around the shops this weekend. You know, like a sausage sizzle, but with Anzac biscuits. Mm, Luca and I are taking the kids to New Zealand for the weekend, but Jennifer will be here, won't you, lovely? Oh, I'm looking after kids too. (laughs) (laughs) Now... As Anzac Day is only the bloody one day of the year, I want to announce a real biggie ASAP to keep our AD momentum up. Actually, I have something rather exciting. Sweet Marcus at the Oz often does me favours. I don't know why, it's really rather embarrassing. <laughs> anyway, I gather he was talking about me to Christos Chokos. Well, Christos just called me and he wants to get together. Chokos? An actual big Aussie author? Even I've read the friggin' slap. Yes. Tell me, has there been a slap too? Oh, for God's sake, Tarquin. A sequel? Maybe the guy could hit two kids. (laughs) Whatever, Caitlin. I don't want to see you back in this office till Chalkus has signed on the dotted for another slap. Back at Rock FM, Ian returns from the basement. In the foyer, a large poster for the morning nutbags is being replaced by one of the same crew dressed in green and gold. They are now called Team Australia. 
Ian walks past the on-air studio where the morning guy, Captain Keith, is bantering with Mike Pomfrey, who is dressed as an Aussie digger with corks hanging from his hat. You're back with Captain Keith on Rock FM's Monday-itis Midnight Oil Marathon. And whoa, what's that sound? Someone's marching into the studio to fill us all with the Anzac spirit in the countdown to Rock Australia Day. It's our very own Sergeant Rock. Mike Pomfrey. At ease, Captain. <laughs> As you say, Sunday is the day that we stop to remember the fallen. And nothing has fallen further than the prices at bargains galore. Gary Sturjo Sturgis, down from Sydney, has set up shop in the boardroom. Ian enters. <clears throat> Why is Mike Pomfrey linking Gallipoli to the low, low prices at the Pants Warehouse? All the sponsors are on board, and I'm four-walling this patriotic shit right across the workday. We are going to Australia the fuck out of Survey 4. I get that, but, you know, Gallipoli was... Well, it was a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, mate, I know. I know, they, they lost... What was it? Half a million viewers after the first night? <laughs> <sighs> Shocking. But we're coming at it from a music standpoint. We're saluting the Aussie digger, saying, good on you, cobber, you've done your bit. Now, how about a double pass to Kings of Leon? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think we've got to keep it tasteful. You reckon they'd let us drive the Thunders in the parade? No. Well, up the back, obviously. Maybe have Tex Perkins do an a cappella version of K-San. <sighs> Look, what if the papers give us the Woolworths treatment? Then I will have no choice but to send you out to make some kind of bullshit statement. But I can't. Of course you can't. You'll be up the Kokoda Trail. Yeah, about that, I'm not going to be able to go. No deserters, Ian. That'd be unrock Australian. I've got to look after my brother-in-law's kids. <laughs> really? How many? Three, including a baby, so... Jesus, I've got to see this. All right, you're off the mission. Pomfrey can take your spot. He's very keen to get on board. I'll bet he is. And if you're staying back, you can make sure this parade thing goes right off, tastefully but awesomely. Jennifer is staring at her computer. Caitlin appears. You have got to come to this dinner with Christos. Yeah, great. Wait, I'm looking after kids this weekend. Hell, I assumed you were lying. But you have to come. You have to pitch another slap to him. I have a reputation to maintain. Anyway, violence to children is your whole thing. It's not my whole thing. Well, get Ian to look after them. I just can't. I got us into this. Ian will stab me with a stay sharp if I leave them with him. Oh, what a passionate man he is. Well, if you can't do it, you can't. But if you write another autobiographical coming-of-age novel, don't expect me to read it. You didn't read the last one. You had it for two years and then I found it in my recycling. Tarquin is walking past with a large cover mock-up for another slap. So, you're... <laughs> Really going to be looking after children? I'm sure it'll just be like dealing with our authors, except they'll be less needy. Oh, it's a breeze. I never lost a moment's sleep with any of my kids. What's the secret? A night nanny and a day nanny. <sighs> oh, come on, you love it. Friday evening, Wayne and Shelley have dropped off the kids. Oh, he's fine. This is normal. He does spend a lot of time sleeping, though, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Between feeds. Uh, you got the schedule? Ian's printing it out now. Do we have any more? Paper? <laughs> oh, come on, Dal. I get the idea. Let's get to the... Uh... Do not say rooting. Uh, I was going to say car. What about those two? Justin and Jet are playing games on their phones, ignoring everything else. My advice would be make sure they keep those devices charged. And the three days will fly by. Are you sure you're up to this? Of 
course. Once my hearing returns, everything will be smooth as. All right, we have to go. Yeah, we have to be at our scratching posts by nine. I'm hoping that's some kind of blue gear. Uh, what do we do now? I think we have to entertain them. You kids want to watch a DVD? In the lounge room, a black and white French comedy plays on the TV. Ian is loving it. The kids look bored. What's this? It's the Criterion Blu-ray of Jaw de Fate. <laughs> is that really what they... It's the original aspect ratio. It looks much funnier. The kids have produced their phones. Hey, I'll put on the commentary track. It's by Peter Bogdanovich. Oh, no. Jennifer races into the bedroom. The baby needs changing. She covers her mouth in disgust. Oh, oh Jesus. Surely you knew this moment was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just going to have to bite the bullet. Soon after, Jennifer and Ian open their front door. Katie, a professional nanny, marches past them. Where is it? First on the left. Katie ducks into the bedroom. I think this is the responsible thing to do. Gradually, the baby's crying ceases. Let's not tell Wayne and Shell about this. No. The next morning, Ian sits at the kitchen table reading The Age. Katie feeds the baby. Oh, morning, all. That was an excellent night's sleep. How's he doing? Right as rain. He's a real cutie, this one, aren't you, Mr. Jones? Jennifer is horrified. <sighs> Wayne was right. It's a piece of piss. The other two have found a way to plug their games into the TV. Probably won't see them till Monday. Oh, no. We've got to take them somewhere. Show them we can get amongst it. Yeah, what about the theatre? A matinee? <gasps> There's that new Baz Luhrmann at Her Majesty's. Oh, they'll love that. Katie looks unimpressed. Katie, you'll have to stay in the foyer with the baby. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Ian, Jennifer, Justin, Jet and Katie, with the baby in a baby carrier, stand outside a theatre looking up at the huge poster for Ernie Dingo in Baz Luhrmann's Macbeth. Patrons swarm in past them. Macbeth? Is this a good idea? Mm, he'll shaken it up a bit. There are other families going in. There's sword fights, witches... Multiple homicides. He'll shaken it up. Jennifer and Ian, with the two boys, are led to their seats by an usher, a large bronzed man, naked, save for a codpiece and angel wings, and dusted with glitter. Ian checks the program. Listen to this. Additional dialogue by William Shakespeare. <laughs> you kids ready for some fun? The kids produce their phones and slip on earphones. Lights down. Welcome to House Macbeth! Lights flash wildly and loud dance music kicks in. In the foyer, Katie sits with the baby. The disco music thumps through the wall behind her. She curls her face in disgust. Five minutes later, cannons explode, showering the audience with glitter. Justin and Jet ignore it all. Three hours later, the audience are now covered in several layers of glitter and shiny paper. And that right there, mate, is the tragedy of Macbeth. Bloody oath it is, Cobber. An explosion of glitter and streamers. Applause. The audience streams out into the foyer. I didn't know Macbeth could be so fabulous. I liked it when the witches sang, pardon me, boy, is that the future king of Scotland? <laughs> Katie, how's the baby? I've just got to take him to the ladies. Ah, we'll wait here. Is he OK? Yeah, he accidentally heard some of the show. Two minutes later. Foyer is now empty, save for Ian, Jennifer, Justin, and Jet. Katie exits the ladies with the baby. Whoa, that was a big one. 
God, I hate the nappy-changing routine. Yeah, but you're not doing it. Yeah, but just thinking about it. <gasps> oh, look who it is! Ernie Dingo is headed for the front doors. Mr Dingo! Hello there. Sorry to pester you, but could you sign our program? Are these your kids? No. Yes! This one's a huge fan. Justin doesn't look up from his phone. I can tell. Thanks for coming out. I just think it's amazing how you can do all those long speeches without falling off the trapeze. It's all uh, smoke and mirrors. Oh, I love the smoke and the mirrors. What a cute baby. See ya. Jennifer takes the baby from Katie. I think I'll carry him. Jennifer carries the baby through the foyer, enjoying the positive attention. Outside the theatre, the family arrive at a pedestrian crossing and awkwardly, Ernie Dingo is waiting to cross. Hello again! Great show. Ernie nods uncomfortably. A minute later, the group arrives at their car. All right, pile in, kids. You sound so natural. Thank you. Ernie Dingo arrives at his car, right next to theirs. Oh, hi again. Uh, love the show. Yep. <laughs> All right, all in. Where's the baby? Oh, my God. Ernie Dingo is driving off, not realising that the baby carrier is sitting on the roof of his car. Ernie Dingo took my baby! <laughs> Later that evening, back home, the baby is sitting in the high chair, being fed by Katie. A nervous Jennifer hovers. Ian checks his phone. Mm, he seems fine. And no one appears to have tweeted anything. Thank God. Sturjo's left 15 messages about the parade tomorrow. You're not still doing that. I think I've managed to uh, tone it down from tasteless to merely ill-advised. But uh, I am going to have to go. Great. We can take the kids. And your dad will see us. Not the baby. Nah, he's off the job. He can stay here with you. This is great. We can kill four birds with one stone. And honour the Anzacs. Yeah, of course. Later that night, the boys getting ready for lights out. Ian hovers awkwardly. Good night, you two. We've got something fun lined up for tomorrow. Guns and tanks. Is it laser tag? Even better. And now, what happened today? I don't think your mum and dad need to be burdened with that. <laughs> the kids say nothing and turn over for sleep. OK, see you tomorrow. The next morning, the Anzac Day Parade is in full swing. Ian, Jennifer and the two boys weave through the crowd. Ian is talking on his phone. Hi, Dad. Where are you? Yeah, OK. Hang on. Can you see us? Henry is standing on the other side of the parade. He sees Ian and Jennifer with the two kids looking like a family. He nods his head in approval. Look at this jet. Look what's coming. A tank is approaching. Jet, genuinely excited, starts filming it on his phone. As it gets near, he runs out in front of it, still filming. No, 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 what are you doing? Stay back! He holds Justin back as Jet, still filming, lies down in front of the tank. And it rolls over him. The crowd screams, the tank passes. Due to its height, it has passed over Jet, and he is unharmed. He stands up, delighted by his footage. The crowd cheers. Ian looks to Henry, who is appalled. The crowd starts booing. Ian turns to see Mike Pomfrey in his military gear, riding a large tricycle at the back of the parade. He tows three mini-trailer billboards. Rock FM rocks the Anzacs. We shall remember them with rock. Captain Keith in the morning, Rock FM 9 to 12. Henry is disgusted. 
He walks off as the booing continues. Come on, let's get to the car. <laughs> Look! Jen is showing Jennifer the footage he shot. Yeah, hang on to that. The news will be needing it. Luckily, all the cameras were trained on Mike Pomfrey. Mike, still on his trike but without the billboards, appears alongside them. I seem to have missed the message of Rockstralia Day. What was that third one? It wasn't even Anzac themed. It was Captain Keith. I don't think that's a military title. I'm heading straight for the airport. Yeah, get to the Kokoda Trail. That can't possibly make things worse. The family are back home. Katie has just heard the story. He what? Got run over by a tank. He's fine. Oh, my God. Let's see. She checks Jet for injuries, but he continues to watch his footage, grinning. He'll be like the most popular kid in school. All thanks to me and my negligence. <laughs> oh, jeez. Caitlin, at the weekend? Jennifer? Where are you? Sky Tower. I loathe and despise revolving restaurants, but at least it's not another sodding glacier. But long story short, the Chalkers dinner is off. Some kind of babysitting drama. He wants Bell Tower people to go to his house tomorrow afternoon. I won't be back in time, so I told him you'd go and talk to him. Tarquin's an alcoholic and John's functionally illiterate, so no excuses this time. It's you. But... Hello? Just when I was finally going to have, like, one second's peace, I've got to go to Cholkas's tomorrow and do a whole swag of ass-kissing. Well, you're all coming with me. No, I've got to stay here with Tank Boy and that baby you lost. I'm not. We've got to stay inside where it's safe and watch uh, Funny or Die's best jet ski fails. To Ian's disappointment, Justin doesn't look up from his game. Uh-uh. You're coming and I need to take you, oldest boy. We can say we've got to get the hell away because you need to do something with Perkins paste and egg cartons. I want to be in and out in an hour. No drama. The next day, Christos Chalkis's front door is opened by a man, Dave. Hi. Come in. You're from Bell Tower, yeah? Yes, thank you. Now, Ian, do you think you can manage him? Justin stands sullenly playing his game. Yeah, I'll just find a corner to stand him in. The room is filled with Christus's friends and various Bell Tower staff. In a second adjoining room, kids play hide and seek. Jennifer spots Tarquin standing with Brittany. You're not planning to drive, are you? That's like your fourth beer in like half an hour. Light beer? Yes, it seems like a long time since I was having a crisp Riesling with Patrick White, listening to his laughter as he called me a gormless shit. <laughs> or having a Guinness and a slap-up meal with Tom Keneally as we asked each other, how's the crack? Wait up. I don't know who the crack is. Well, hello. So... How are you going with the baby? Oh, it's exhausting. What a nightmare. Christus Chalkis, with a baby in a sling, approaches, trailed by a nervous-looking John. Jennifer, welcome. Wonderful to meet you, Christos. And who's this? Harry. But you're so handsome, aren't you, Harry? I like his little jumpsuit. He's not too well today. He's got a bit of a sniffle. Oh, it's so much worse when they're sick, don't you find? <laughs> Absolutely. Look at him. Don't you wish he could tell you exactly how he feels? Oh, I can't wait for him to be able to talk. I remember when Jared asked me where he'd come from. <laughs> well, I wasn't quite ready for that conversation, so I asked him, where do you think, sweetie? And he said, David Jones. <laughs> That's adorable. John catches Jennifer's eye and gives her two thumbs up. Jennifer notices Ian standing next to Justin both engrossed in their phones. That's my oldest over there, interacting with his dad. <laughs> yes, well, I've got all that to look forward to. Ian answers his phone. Sturjo? Sturjo is calling from what is slowly revealed to be a bamboo cage in Papua New Guinea. Ian? Ian, can you hear me, mate? Yeah. How'd the parade go? Uh, you haven't heard? No, we've been captured by a battalion from KISS FM. <laughs> 
It took me half an hour to dial your number with my nose. Right, um, what did Mike say? Well, just before they dragged him into the hot box, he said, big turnout, high visibility. Yeah, yeah, we made the news. Fucking excellent. Good work. Just hang on a sec, mate. Oi, God, untimely. This is bullshit. The girls get here in an hour. Welcome, everyone. Uh, family, friends, and then we've got all the people from Bell Tower. <laughs> no, 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 but really, really it's wonderful to have you here. I love that you're not wanting to go on about book scan and who won this and didn't win that. I feel like I've been having some real conversations today. And Jen, I'll never forget what Jared said the first time he saw a cheese grater. Jennifer beams while Ian looks mystified. So here's to a future of real conversations with real people. Everyone turns. It's Justin's game. Isn't that one of yours? Ian decides to act. He strides over to Justin. Hey, that is enough, OK? No more. Understand? He takes the phone from Justin. Hey! Justin kicks Ian. Oh. Ian flashes a look of anger, then notices everyone in the room is looking at him. <laughs> Jennifer and John look horrified. Uh, why don't you go and play hide-and-seek with the other kids? You can get this back later. Ian pockets the phone. All good. Justin arrives next door just as another game begins. He runs into a closet and opens it. Inside are shelves containing around 100 copies of the slap. He backs in, bumps a shelf, and it collapses, sending all the books down on top of him. Everyone runs in. What happened? They fell on me. Ian picks up a copy of the slap and regards it with fury. Look at this. That's my kid. He's fine. It's the paperback edition. Jennifer is aware that all eyes are on her. Uh, um, yes, that is disgraceful. Yeah. That is child abuse. Oh, whoa, hang on. Yes, Jennifer, what are you saying? You stay out of this, John. Come on, Jet. Justin. You're confused. The books must have... How many author copies do you need, Jolkus? Ian leads Justin and Jennifer towards the door. I want everyone's numbers. You are all witnesses. You're gone, Chalkus. An elderly Greek woman leans into Christos. Her line is subtitled. From what I hear... They're not even her kids. Ian drives them home. Jennifer is checking her phone. Oh, dear. Caitlin isn't very happy. Yeah, but that's never been a secret, has it? I think, all in all, we made pretty good fake parents. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Now, let's unload them on Wayne and Shell and go out to dinner. Yeah. Back home, Jennifer is seeing off Katie. Thanks so much, Katie. I mean, I'm pretty sure I could have done it without you, but it was great you were here. OK, your kids got everything. Oh, my God. Where's the baby? Ian appears, hugging the baby like an old bro. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. Well, what's his name? Um... It's Wayne and Shelley, faces painted like cats. <laughs> Who's that leaving? Uh, crazy person. Best ignored. How'd you go? Oh, mate, we are leaving this makeup on. Meow! Oh, <laughs> marriage saved! Shelley takes the baby. Oh, there he is. So, any problems? Ian and Jennifer hesitate. They turn to Justin and Jet. For the first time, the boys are fully attentive. <laughs> you have been listening to Child Proof. Written and produced by Tony Martin and Serena Rao at the Bella Union for the 2017 Melbourne Fringe. Starring Geraldine Quinn as Jennifer and Beck, Tony Martin as Ian and Tarquin, Ros Hammond as Caitlin, Shelley and Katie, Andrew McClelland as Mike Pomfrey and Wayne, Damien Carl as John, Christina Laria as Brittany, Jovan Caro as Captain Keith and the kids, and Lockie Hume as Sturjo, Henry and Sir Leo. 
with guests Casey Bonetto as Christos Chalkas and Sam Peterson as Ernie Dingo. The narrator was Jay Mueller. Child Proof, the podcast, is produced by Matt Dow on the Pots and Pans in conjunction with Bad Producer Productions. Pete Smith speaking. Thank you.